hey, this is cool. This is going to be a big hit. I would be like the singer at a jazz club next to the piano. That was the first time that I was like, wow, I can do it. He's so emotional and so raw and so real with how he delivers his music. 13-year-old me, rock and rolling. I came out of the session and went, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the sound. She was so real. When she'd be rapping and singing, it felt like he was kind of at the church again. Hello and welcome to What Did I Say, where we talk with artists about songs they made, songs they like, and songs they'd like to have made. It's an inside look into the craft of songs from the artists themselves. Naomi Hamilton, the songwriting force behind critically lauded Jealous of the Birds, simply put, prefers sincerity. It's the sentiment she first connects with when listening to the work of others, as you'll hear about in a few minutes. But. You can also sense its importance when digging into her own already dynamic catalog of music. It's there in the quiet confessionals. It's there in the more outwardly bouncy moments like 2018's Plastic Skeletons. And that trademark honesty remains alive and well on 2019's five-track effort, Wisdom Tooth. Hear all about her journey and those aims on this episode as she notably talks the difference between poetry and lyricism details her love of fleet foxes in nirvana plus explains why she started her own podcast called jealous of the bops but first let's listen to marrow off the wisdom teeth ep remember your first favorite song i think it was probably like teenage dirtbag or something really that's a good one that was a banger back in the day like me and my sisters were just belting that out i think how did you first hear it probably the radio i think it was like music channels on tv like my sisters would just like listen to mtv or whatever yeah yeah and just be playing it and i didn't know anything about music at the time so i was probably just like screaming along yeah and you were super into it, it sounded angsty yeah angsty great do you remember the first song you memorized Oh my god. Define memorize like just that I remembered the lyrics or like I deliberately... Like for me, I don't remember lyrics, I remember the guitar. So I can play, probably Smells Like Teen Spirit or something was probably the first one I could play through or like knew it back to front kind of thing. I think maybe like Bohemian Rhapsody, but all the vocal parts. You know that thing where you try to like do all the parts and the air guitar and the drum fills? Wayne's World? Yeah, all in one go. That's... (laughs) That's what we did. Yeah. That was the first VHS tape I bought on my own. Really? Yeah, I know I sound old. You're like, hey, Aww. Grandpa, tell me more stories. <laughs> Blockbuster was still here. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was. I didn't even have Blockbuster where I grew up. We weren't that cool. But I think it's interesting you talk about the Bohemian Rhapsody because that song has had like three lives. Mm. It came out, mm-hmm. and then it had the second life with you know Wayne's World, and then the third life with the movie. Yeah, for sure. I, it, it's never going to die. It's just no. going to keep repeating it's probably on the radio somewhere right now yeah i hope so (laughs) (laughs) do you remember the first song or album that you remember buying i probably bought like a really awful compilation cd from a really cheap thrift store when i was a kid but i remember maybe like the first the first record that i actively bought and i had no idea who the artist was but i bought it purely because i thought it was going to be great and it was great was fleet fox's helplessness blues nice like picked it up because the cover was so like i've never seen anything like that and it just looked really interesting and then it ended up being like this explosively awesome wonderful thing and i listened to it like non-stop that whole summer and then that's how i got into vocal harmonies and so that that record started that yeah pretty much 
Yeah. And you didn't know anything about that before? Didn't, I didn't know the band. I didn't know the album. I just bought it purely offhand. Yeah. Was it the cover that caught your I, attention? Yeah, because it was so like hand-drawn and intricate and just weird. I'd never seen anything like it. And the song titles as well drew me in. It's weird because I, I don't think that's a common thing where you just buy a record that you don't know. But I don't know. I was just drawn to that. Back in the day, for sure. Yeah. Or you'd look at the label. You'd be like, oh, I love this label. I'll yeah, take a chance. Sure. But you're totally right about like yeah. a look of a scrolling through the records. There's something about like that. Like a tactile, like I'm holding this record. It looks cool. I'm going to take a chance on it. I but did. then I feel like I know the 12th track of those records is just as much as the first one because you were sitting there and that's all mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. and you're staring at the booklet. Oh, like I, I'm religiously like looking at the lyrics. I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, yeah, properly. Like so visual. Yeah, about yeah, it, right? for sure. Like you could say, like, never mind. Like I know every panel of that CD because mm-hmm. you're just, what else are you going to do? Yeah, You can't look sure. at your phone while you're re- listening to it back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now just we're all preoccupied. Yeah. Do you think, think about that at all? I think about that a lot because I think maybe back in the day, there was more of an emphasis on like crafting albums and listening to albums as, you know, a whole thing instead of just singles here and there. Yeah. I guess I try to do that now, especially with the kind of resurgence of vinyl. And you can't, when you put the needle down, it's like pretty much got to listen to it. Like yeah. Back to back. And it kind of demands you to slow down. And I, there's something about that that I really like. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it does. It makes you slow down a little mm-hmm. bit. When you listen to other people's songs, you talked a little bit about Fleet Foxes with the harmonies. What first connects you with a song? I think it's probably the sincerity of it. Um, Even if it's just like a tongue-in-cheek thing, so long as that's sincere and, you know, it's coming from a place that's very real. I think it's always going to be good that way, you know? And then everything else is just kind of aesthetically your tastes about... So something sort of in the ether connects with you versus the vocals the the guitar line or the drums yeah that you kind of know where it's coming from the place that it's coming from because you know like most people i know you're into so many different genres so many different styles of songwriting but that's kind of like the baseline for yeah. me yeah i like that for me it's the guitar like i can start playing along with it okay then i'm like into it more yeah yeah like the lyrics are last really if, oh yeah if i there was a a band Basically, they covered a song for me at a huge show way back, and they handed me the mic. And I laughed because I'm like, I don't know the lyrics. Like, I can play it. Like, you want me to play it? And so I ended up, like, messing up, and they were making fun of me and stuff. Oh, no. It's just, I I know the words, but it's not like I can go and, I can play the song. But I, like, have that connection to a song more. I don't know. I feel like I'm very, like, lyrically driven. Yeah, although... I guess it depends where you're coming from because I kind of got into poetry before music so I was always kind of looking out and paying attention to language and stuff but I'd say it's an equal marriage for me but it's definitely like the sentiment behind it. So I guess to that, like the reading and writing, how is the writing brain different than the music brain and how do they interact because if you said, you know, you got into poetry or, you know, writing first, like... I feel like it's not left brain, right brain. I feel like they kind of play with each other, yeah, but they're separate. I think so too. I've always thought that even lyrics are very different to me than poems because lyrics are kind of informed and complemented by the music too. Um, 
And usually if you print lyrics out on a page, they kind of don't really hold up as well. Whereas like a poem has to be like much more muscular because that's all there is kind of thing. I definitely think when you're writing music and then when you're writing lyrics, it is you're still using the same kind of process of like elimination. Like, is that a little too on the nose? Is that some cliche? Have I heard that before? You're still kind of approaching it in the same way. It's just the content of lyrics or the themes that you're bringing up are just very different. Yeah. I mean, you say on the nose, like sometimes I feel like artists, they're using a word that rhymes and fits well time wise, Mm -hmm. but then people read into it, you know, and it's like, no, I just needed to finish it out and make sure that it rhymed with the other thing. Yeah, it's more like a technical thing than like a meaning thing. Yeah. But it's in the same song. You could have both. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that part of me finds that frustrating. It's like, if you didn't mean it, then why did you say it? Because like, <laughs> we didn't know that. Like, we don't have the context. Right. There's that context. For yeah. You know it's that. like, you know, what we don't. All we have to go on is what you said. Yeah. And I guess with lyrics, I, I always tend to want to be really concrete with them. Just very imagistic. Like visualizing something? Yeah. Or just pertaining to your senses in general, because I feel like that's what you're pushing for. You're like, you want the listener to really experience or empathize with what you're talking about, yeah. I, I think about it like a movie. You know when it's a good movie and you forget it's a good movie? Yeah. You forget I want you're that listening for to that a song. song. You're just kind of like in it. Like, I'm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's hard. It is hard. <laughs> that's, I think that's what makes the, the great songwriters and the great, like, you forget that, oh my God, that was four minutes. I've just been in yeah, my own yeah. world. You're just along for the ride. Yeah. yeah. I think you're doing it. <laughs> I hope so. Thank <laughs> you. You know what's one record of, of Wisdom Teeth I want to mention is um, Clementina. Oh, wow. And what's cool about that one is there's a point where it kind of like hits like a, I don't know if you listen to Mogwai at oh, all. Oh, yeah, like Plateaus. I, like, yeah. yes. So that's like, if you do that with me, like, I'm good to go. Like, you can do whatever. <laughs> but that, like, it had a moment in the song where you heard it, heard it, and then it just went here. Yeah, at the end. Chase that old just thought like that's like again a cool technique that i feel like mogwai does that really well but that's kind of again it takes you on a journey but it goes like different i'm so glad you mentioned them i saw them live at latitude festival back home and it was just the like when that plateau like that you just i don't know you freak out what's your favorite mogwai song oh my god i had like a live album of theirs from when they played in glasgow the covers that like smoky black i can't remember the name of it but they have crazy live, the Jim Morrison, I'm Dead song and all that craziness on it. And I'm just blown away. Friend of the Night is my jam. Friend of the Night. Yeah, I feel you. That's such a jam. <laughs> it's such a jam. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I thought of that when I was listening to that yeah. song. I mean, I think with me, I'm always trying to like kind of mark out a gradual like incline where yeah. the song's kind of going somewhere or building or just like a shift in dynamics. But definitely little crescendo or a little burst at the end so yeah good. but that's like a little not a trick but it's something that you think about yeah do you remember the first time you heard one of your songs in public yeah i think it was probably somewhere like back home like just in a bar like you're out drinking and i think they had like a spotify playlist that was like acoustic indie and it was goji berry sunset and it was just like all i heard was the little whistle thing and people are always like 
Gnomes, that's your song. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's really weird. Was it weird? Did you kind of wait till it was over and then you could like stop tensing up? No, it was just kind of like, that's cool. And then move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds different, right? When yeah, you're it, hearing it not on purpose. Yeah, or like the context you're hearing it in, you're just bopping around doing your yeah. own thing. Uh, is there a song that you've heard, no matter how many times you've heard it, you'll you'll listen to it again? Like no matter, you could listen to it a million times and it comes on again, you'll still listen to it? I think anything by Nirvana, probably. Yeah. That was the first CD I ever bought. Yeah. My mom in the front, I'll never forget, I was holding the, never remember mind. the long boxes? You're probably too young. They used to like make them in like these giant cardboard boxes, like long, they called them long boxes, and then the CD was in half of it. That's Na- weird. Naomi's giving me the weirdest look back. I just <laughs> that want doesn't seem environmentally know. friendly. It's not. <laughs> they thought it was like theft. They could help with like, because CDs were small, so dumb. So I'm opening it, I'm looking at it, and my mom's in the front seat, my dad... And my sister next to me, my mom just deadpan. Did you buy that because of the penis? <laughs> I love how she was just trying to get that out of the way at first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, no, mom. It's going to be cool. I'm reading the Danny Goldberg book of his right now. Oh, I am read it. So, Serving the Servants. It's really cool. It's kind of like the music biz story wow. from Nirvana, kind of what happened. And it was cool. So that's cool. Any Nirvana song, right? Yeah, for sure. I think in utero is really underrated. And I'd go incesticide. Dude, aneurysm? I was listening to that this morning. I was saying I should cover aneurysm. Like the next time I play, like I think that would be a fun one. Yeah, for sure. Incesticide, I think, is definitely underrated. Any other jams you like? What's the um, Mexican, what's the seafood? Mexican seafood. There's like Hairspray Queen. Yes. Really cool. Yeah. Definitely the jams. Mm-hmm. A lot of the B-sides. BBC sessions are cool. yeah. Were they like John Peel stuff? Yeah, yeah, the John yeah, Peel stuff. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. How did you find them? Was it the same kind of thing? Someone played it for you or? When I started learning guitar and singing, I was maybe like 12 or 13. And I just kept playing like Bob Dylan songs and folk songs. And then around like 15, 16, I just had this weird angsty grunge phase where I just discovered all of that. And I'd obviously heard a lot of their big singles and stuff but to be able to listen to the but to listen and then just realize that wow there's actually a heap of music here that's just amazing all that kind of gritty passionate like playing and stuff yeah it's so poppy mm-hmm. yet it's like you can definitely hear the beatles influence like but he's like he's like a punker like yeah. or a hardcore kid like the dynamic of that i was like you did it man <laughs> <laughs> i saw one of your posts too the you had gone around new york city you know, looked at where Dylan or Hendrix stuff mm-hmm. or going to see where Elliot Smith, which is cool because I did the same thing when I got here, yeah, you know, yeah. just to go to all those places. Like what, what about that is important? What about doing that? Or what about making those pilgrimages? Like, what is that for you? Mm. I think it's partly just like, cause a lot of my favorite artists aren't around anymore and I never got to like see them play live, but I've just heard through interviews or documentaries about, you know, places that played and, kind of their legacy and stuff I think going to places like that humanizes it to me because a lot of it you're kind of there's so much mythology surrounding a lot of musicians and artists and just going to the physical places that they hung out or recorded or something kind of brings it more down to earth to me yeah you know that they They lived and walked and did stuff and like were fallible human beings so yeah it's very cool to go see that. Yeah. Elliot Smith sat next to me at a bar at Mercury Lounge what? when I was here. It was crazy. He was just That's drinking. Insane. No one was bothering him. It was pretty rad. <sighs> You're right. But like when I go back to Merc, I look at the chair. Like, so I think mm-hmm. you doing that probably yeah. was a nice feeling or at least brought some For sure. thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. And also probably inspiration, right? Mm. 
You said, I mean, you the song came out of that, right? Yeah. Well, just kind of exploring New York in general. I, I don't think you could come here as like an artist in any like medium and not be completely inspired by what you're seeing. I tend to be that way anyway, where I just kind of filter things and, and write down in journals, things that I see or do. So, Do you yeah. save that stuff? Yeah, for sure. Because you never know. Even if I thought it was kind of like I write something and it's kind of trite at the time. When you look back on it, sometimes it's like usable or you can mess around with it. So, yeah, for sure. That's great. That That's rare. Artists <laughs> usually don't think about that. <laughs> Good. Save everything, I try Naomi. to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to talk about the podcast. Oh, yeah. Cool. Jealous of the Bobs. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to start it? And what, what does the medium of podcasting excite you? Or how does the medium excite yeah. you? Yeah. We started like putting together a Jealous of the Bobs Spotify playlist. Oh, Bobs. Not Bo- oh. I said Bobs. Jealous of the Bobs. <laughs> Office space. Bobs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Jealous Sorry. of the Bobs. <laughs> Jealous of the burritos. No, I just kind of started it from that Spotify playlist where I was just putting together songs that either inspired the music I was writing or just songs that I really digged. So yeah, and then it just became, why not go into more depth about the records? So in each episode, I kind of talk about two different albums, pick a couple songs from each, and then just kind of talk about um, how they were made, kind of the context around that, what I think or like about some of the songs. I kind of like podcasts because they're very... Even like radio, but podcasts especially are like very intimate. And I know there's a whole resurgence in like um, radio and podcasting where somebody can just like go on their morning jog and listen to a podcast or, you know, they're just doing everyday things. And I really like that, that you're just becoming part of their day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's perfect. That's exactly it. People feel really close to you because they're in your ears. Yeah, yeah. Or they're using it to like relax or just learn about stuff that it's a good medium for just like that whole self-care thing, slowing down, paying attention to something. What goes in the process of picking the songs? Uh, it's so difficult. Like I always have this thing where, do you know when somebody asks like, what's your favorite musicians? And you, you try to- I did like, that earlier, what's your first favorite? Yeah. <laughs> you like try to roll through all the musicians that you love and why. And it's kind of every episode I'm trying to pick something that's that kind of clashes, like the contrast. Yeah. Stuff that's maybe from the 60s or 70s versus more contemporary albums i like that yeah and then what about songs are not discussed enough i don't know people talk a lot (laughs) it's kind of miraculous to me that a song that maybe lasts for only three or four minutes could make you feel so much things (laughs) like in such a short space of time and that they're almost like little time capsules as well for everybody at any age you're always going to have a couple songs that when you hear them back you're like transports you to that one specific moment in time your first crappy band yeah exactly so yeah there's something magic about that and then what what do you want to know from an artist that they maybe don't talk about not necessarily the song but what things about an artist do you look for that they don't really mention i don't i always appreciate it when sometimes like when mistakes happen like things that are very humanizing or self-deprecating like just you mess up or like you wouldn't think that happened yeah no way that dylan messed up or whatever the thing or they said something dopey or just just did something completely human that like fell down some steps (laughs) or like or pushed a pull door or something i love that just whenever it's like somebody's just being a person yeah i like that yeah um so what's next for you, music, I know you got some Snow Patrol shows coming up. Yeah, when we get back home, we're playing Ward Park back home in Northern Ireland with them. There's like a heap of local artists from back home playing there. Yeah, it's mostly just kind of like writing and recording for the next album, which I'm super excited for. So just more of that. And then more dates. We've got some festival shows, kind of UK and Ireland back home. Cool. 
Thanks to Jealous of the Birds for coming on What Did I Say? You can find Jealous of the Birds on Twitter and Instagram at Jelly of the Birds, J-E-L-I of the Birds. The Wisdom Teeth EP is out now. Our theme music is by Max Frost. 